It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Here are Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. It's a new show on the Sharks Audio Network, our Playoff Report. Great to have Drew Remenda with us from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And I suppose above the 49th parallel, there's all kinds of excitement surrounding the Stanley Cup Playoffs. There is just a tad bit, as you know, Danny, up here, because we've got Canadian teams and Canada has not had the Stanley Cup come back to uh, the North since 1992. Was it 92, 93 with the Montreal Canadiens? That would be correct. Yeah. So it's funny what happens up here. It, all, of course, Toronto's in. Okay. So Toronto, you, we're inundated with Matt, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and the Toronto Maple Leafs on and on and on and every day, all day. But Calgary and Edmonton are in as well. And so everybody's looking forward if they, if it can happen to go to the second round of the, the Battle of Alberta, like the old days of Gretzky and Neuendijk and Gilmore and Otto and Messier. And so people are jacked up around here in the first round, but it's, but it is May, but, and we've been stuck in, <laughs> in the winter for a long time. So once the team, once their teams get knocked out, their interest drains, it drains pretty quick. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs because they're playing yeah. the Stanley cup champions the Tampa Bay lightning. And the one thing that we found is they found a little bit of a, uh, a chink in the armor of, of Andre Vasilyevsky, the goaltender, because he's had just a remarkable couple of playoffs, but he's looked pretty human so far. Well, he really has, but you know, what's interesting with the, the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs haven't won a, a playoff series since 2004. And they they had a lot of good teams. They've had some bad teams. But this team with Marner, with Matthews, getting Tavares, having uh, Riley, they started building this young core. And they've been expecting to or trying to win. They're trying to get past the first round forever. Last year, they thought maybe they had it, but they lost to Montreal. But overall, this team this year, when you watch them, they took a huge step. They really did. We saw it with the Sharks growing up, right? We saw it once those kids started to get really good, started to get some confidence. They started winning. They changed the way that they played. They started to understand what it meant to play in the playoffs or win in the playoffs. So when you look at Matthews, as you said, good California, Northern California boy. Right. Um, San Ramon. <laughs> Dan Romo, um, 60 goals this year, 60 goals. No Maple Leafs ever done it. And he was marvelous there, but his game changed the way that way that he played um, Mitch Marner. And, and the interesting thing with Mitch Marner and, and Matthews is they grew up together. They also had Patty Marlowe as their mentor for the first year that they were in the national hockey league. So can you imagine that model to look to um, Marner had a fabulous year as well. And everything was, when you looked at the Maple Leafs, you went, okay, this is a team that probably could take a different step, could take another step. But the question mark has been for a long time, defense and goaltending. Well, when you got Muzzin, then they got Giordano from, from the Kraken. They are a good defensive team. But what? Playoffs. It's goaltending. Jack Campbell at the start of the year 
was lights out Vesna guy that we should have been talking about. Then he got hurt. Now he's back and playing really well. And you talk about Tampa and you bring up a great point. Vasilevsky, he is their guy. And he should be. He is the number one guy in, in the National Hockey League. Best goalie in the National Hockey League. But the Lightning have played, I want to say, 100 more games in the, in the last, I think it was 100 more games in the last uh, two years than the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs or something like that. I can't remember the stat. but, but That sounds they, right. Yeah, they've because they've, they've played so much, right? So th- they knew Tampa when they won last year. They knew that this was going to be a really different year, and they may have to struggle. I don't know if they can get past the first round with uh, against Toronto. Toronto looks really good. I, I thought that Toronto was prepared to take another step forward, and you know we're bringing up something that every player talks about, and that is when their career ends, they sometimes say, "I don't remember the games I won. I remember a lot of the games I lost," because th- <laughs> those those are the things that, that that really still eat at me. But they also gave me the. I guess you could say the motivation, but also the lessons that needed to be learned in order to become the winner that they became a little bit later. You talk to Stanley Cup champions and they, they say that all the time. Lessons learned in pain, right? And the ones that stay with you. And yeah, I can think about all the, all the games that we lost. I, I can't remember many of the games we won when, when I was coaching, but I can remember the games we lost. I still remember all the losses. And maybe it's because I had so many. But uh, when, you, when you look at, players and you look at teams and you can go back and look at the the Edmonton Oilers before remember they were going to be that team they they beat uh, they beat Montreal and then they were starting to make their rise but then they had to lose again to the Islanders Gretzky talks about it all the time look at Tampa Bay they were the President's Trophy winners then they lose to Columbus in the first round you look at all the teams that have to go through that pain first losing in order to learn how to win, how to play a playoff game and playoffs, as we know, Sharks fans know all of, of course, because they were so great and, and watching and supporting the team through all those playoff runs, the losses stick with you, but the losses teach you that there is more to give. There's you, you got to do more. You have to be more physical you have to be more detailed you have to be more emotionally in, in engaged there's so much goes into it we're talking a lot about goaltending here on the sharks playoff report because that's traditionally what happens in the postseason let's go to st louis in minnesota first cool. game four nothing st louis blues blues have a one game to nothing edge Billy Husso gets the shutout. Mark Andre Fleury is being uh, talked about as maybe he's going to sit for Cam Talbot next Cam's game. Yeah. Dean Evison comes right back with him, and he said the decision's an easy one, and I can understand why with three Stanley Cup rings. And Mark Andre Fleury has been excellent ever since, including the last game when Minnesota beat the St. Louis Blues five to one to take it two games to one lead. And now all of a sudden they're talking about going back to Bennington on the St. Louis side. Yeah. The goaltending is the whole, well, we'll get into the whole discussion, but goaltending all over the league has been crazy when you look at what's going on in the first round. That first game, St. Louis, and St. Louis has been on a run. St. Louis has played well. And St. Louis going into after they won that game, the first game, their record over the last three seasons was 13 and two in 15 games against the Minnesota Wild. Hey, Minnesota could not beat them to save their lives. In the last two games, they've dominated. And, of course, our good buddy Dean Ellison. Speaking, speaking of Dean, did you watch him last night when they were scoring? Like, Dean 
he's still the same guy that when I was assistant coach, he was playing for us, pumping the hands. Like he, most coaches, they try not to show emotion. Dean says, I show emotion. Absolutely. I, I want to show emotion and I want to be pumped up with my team. That was pretty cool. But Mark Andre Fleury comes in, he gets, they trade, he goes to Minnesota from Chicago. Cam Talbot has played lights out for the wild. Right. And then Cam's numbers, if you look at Cam's numbers, since Marc-Andre Fleury joined, they're through the roof. They're so good. So that's that competition. We talked about it when we were in Minnesota right near the end of the year. But it is. You go with the experience. You go with the guy who's a proven winner. You go with the guy that's got three Stanley Cups. And he's been, he's been marvelous. He's been really good. But Minnesota's changed, man. That's a good hockey team. That Boy, they sure are. Yeah. They sure are. And they, they really made a couple of additions at the deadline that are going to help them in the playoffs. They were expecting to play St. Louis, you know, so they pick up um, a couple of guys that can really grind it out and they get Jordan Greenway back. Yeah, and he, had, he had such, he's playing on that line with Erickson Eck. Yeah. And those two guys work really, really well together. And of course, you can't forget the third guy on that line, Felino. I think they've made a huge difference in the series. I know yeah. Kaprizov's got the game winner in both games, that one weird one in game number three, where it bounced off of Huso and went in after he missed the first opportunity. You start to see stuff like that in the playoffs yeah. too, but uh, you know, Caprizov's on his game, but I still think that that one line for Dean Everson is going to make a difference in this series. I love Jordan Greenway. I would, I would love that kid on my team. Uh, he is, he's big, he's tough, he's fast, goes to the net and he is, he's emotional. He's got, he's, he's one of those guys. He's a driver, you know, kind of pulls the team along, gets teams involved in the fight. He makes a huge difference to that club, but you're right that <laughs> that that line gave St. Louis fits yesterday, especially off the start of the game. They can go off the rails a little bit, you know, emotionally, like they did in the first game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greenway punches uh, uh, was it Bushnevich like three times in the head, and then gets mad that he's getting a penalty right in front of the referee. <laughs> But it's, it's so much fun watching the, the first round of the playoffs. But it's goaltending has been really interesting. I mean, the whole the whole first round, I should say, has been really interesting so far because it's gone it's gone back and forth really with the exception of a couple series. Well, sticking with this Minnesota-St. Louis series, you expect it to be long, but St. Louis has some challenges now. Tory Krug got hurt last night in yeah. a collision, came off. That's a really big loss for them. They're already missing Perunovic. They're missing Letty. These are guys that they really need to be out there. So uh, Craig Berube's got quite a task ahead of him coming up. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we always, we always talked about it. For every challenge, there's an opportunity for somebody. But that opportunity is so uh, weighted against an individual who hasn't played those minutes. They've got to now step up from a, a fifth defenseman to a third defenseman as far as minutes go, as far as ice time, as far as um, playing situations, as far as face-offs in this zone or that zone. So it, it changes it changes everything. And you ask a lot of their guys, but that's we know that playoff hockey at, by the end is attrition, but we've seen a lot of attrition this first few games. You're listening to the Sharks Audio Network Playoff Report. Drew and I will be back in a moment on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. NHLShop.com, the official online store of the National Hockey League and the world's largest selection of officially licensed NHL fan gear with unique one-of-a-kind designs by Fanatics, Adidas, and all the latest styles for every NHL team. Don't miss out. Shop now and get today's special offer. NHLshop.com, a fanatics experience. 
We continue now with the Sharks Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Great to have you with us on this beautiful day. Dan Rusinowski with Drew Remenda. We are going to be doing this regularly a couple of times a week, going over the playoffs, giving you some features, and maybe taking a step back in San Jose Sharks playoff history. I have to tell you that the other series that's really interesting that that I think is going to really be a low-scoring series, it seems, is Dallas against Calgary. Ricky Bonus and that team uh, uh, really doing a good job. It's the uh, tale of two Jakes, goalie by Jake. Jake Ottinger for Dallas and Jacob Markstrom for uh, the Calgary Flames. I have to tell you, I'm a little bit surprised. I I thought that maybe uh, that 40-plus goal-scoring line with all three members on the Flames would maybe be able to take control, but uh, the Dallas Stars have done a good job in shutting them down, and we've had uh, a one nothing win for for Markstrom in Game 1, and then Game 2, a shutout win for Ottinger, 2 nothing. I was at the game, uh, Game 2. So so both goals, both games, as you said, the goals were scored in the first period. Game nice one, tip was, by Joe Pavelski, by yeah, the way, in Game yeah, 2. Exactly. Yeah, what do you expect, right? Yep. By the way, Pav says hi. I saw Pavs talk to him. Um, he said, how's Danny doing? I said, Danny's good, man. So he says hi. Um, he uh, say they've got their line. They've got Hints, uh, Robertson, and Pavs. And the Flames have um, Lindholm with Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau, and Matthew Kachuk. As you said, 40-40-40. That's the 40 guy. 300 points combined over the season. Um, I think they're plus, it was like almost, almost plus 170 or something like that. They had chances in game two, but they still haven't been able to figure out how to get it past Ottinger. Ottinger, 23. And here's the other thing. We talk about goaltenders. He's the number four goalie or number three or four goalie they've, they've used this year. Ricky Bonus told us at, before the game, we were asking, like, when did you know it was going to be Ottinger? I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm not that smart, you guys. We thought it was going to be Bish. Ben Bishop, he got, he was done. He got hurt. Uh, then we thought it was going to be Anton Kudobin. He got hurt. Then we thought it was going to be Braden. He got hurt. He goes, so I'm not that smart. It was, it was the next guy up. So Jake Ottinger, 23, and he, he stones the, the flames in game two. He was 23, 23 years old, but he was good. Markstrom was fine. It was a great tip by Pavs. That's been a heavy series, been a chippy series. But Daryl's got to find a way to try to get these guys to score. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how and you expect Calgary probably to survive that series. You never know. But if they do, whoever survives, it's going to be all banged up for series number two. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing, though, from the Stars point of view, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and Alexander Radulov. Alexander Radulov is playing fourth line minutes now. Plays a little bit in the power play. But Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan have had subpar years. And they didn't factor in the scoring in either, obviously, in either game. Ben was a little bit more physical. We, you know, we've seen it all. Sharks fans have seen it all. You need depth. You need depth in the playoffs. And and right now, it's it's Robertson, Pavelski, and and Hints and, and Joe Pavelski. Like, wow, heart of a lion, one of the yep. greatest players yep. in the history of the San Jose Sharks. Yep. He's a shark for life, as as far as I'm concerned. You're you're absolutely right. Thirty seven years old. Thirty seven years old. He's had the best year of his in, in his career, points wise. It's good to see him score, though. Yeah, pretty amazing to see that. You know, you're talking about depth. How about those Colorado Avalanche winning 7-2 to two in Game 1? Then they had to kind of grind it out yeah. in Game 2 because of the Connor Ingram story. There's another goaltender, a kid who has to get in because Yusuf Saros is hurt, and the David Riddick didn't do so well in Game Number 1. So they come in with the young guy, and uh, Colorado wins by the score of 2-1, to one, but 
Uh, this kid, Ingram, is looking like he's going to be a folk hero in Music City when they get back there for game three. <laughs> Good boy from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, young guy, but he's had, Danny, this guy, you you look at Connor's life and Connor's career. Connor has gone through a lot for a young man, and he's had some situations that if, uh, he's had to battle his mental health. Um, he had a situation where they thought he was involved in some uh, match fixing when he was playing over in Europe. Um, this is a guy that has had a tough in 24 years. He's had, he's had some tough, tough times, but, um, he was marvelous in game two, like marvelous again, though, the goaltending. So you got Dallas, the goaltending, you've got, um, Nashville with goaltending. You have got Carolina. You've got Pittsburgh. You've got all these teams where their number one goalies aren't available or gone or done. And now these kids come in. Yeah, Kutchitkov for Carolina looks pretty good. And he likes to get feisty, just like Mike Smith. Exactly. I'm glad you said it, not me. But yeah. So and Swayman for Boston, too. I mean, he yeah, just really lights yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Lights and he's and he's and he's been, you know, he's been in the year, but they didn't plan on Swayman being Jeremy Swayman being the guy. Without a doubt, they didn't plan on him being this is the guy that's going to move us to a playoff position and, and give us a get us over to the over 100 points. So it's been amazing to watch the young goalies being able to come in and play these it, young players, man. That's that's why I thought this first period, this first round was going to be high scoring was because there's so many young players and so many young goalies. So, what about Washington, Florida? Does this surprise you that Florida is in a bit of a struggle right now? Surprised me in game one. They didn't look very good in game one. But you hear Andrew Burnett, though? Andrew Burnett, the, the, he's, is he still interim coach? <laughs> they still, I, I they, be, they, they better take that tag off, I think. He's done a great job. <laughs> yeah, President's Trophy, 118 points or whatever it was. But he came out after, and he, he was, oh, I'm glad it happened. I'm, 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 I'm happy. We, we need to know that it's not going to be easy. And then he said the funniest thing that was an inadvertent slam to everybody they played this year, which was, we haven't had very many tough games this year. <laughs> <laughs> really but he's right you know what it, rem- it reminds me of the year the sharks had when they won the president's trophy everybody yeah. thought they were going to waltz their way to the stanley cup finals including probably a couple of guys in the room then <laughs> they ended up playing the team they probably wanted to play the least the anaheim ducks and they lose in six games that's the that's the real yeah. difficulty for teams that don't have any adversity during the season and yeah florida's had some ekblad got hurt now he's just coming back so they were able to survive without that uh, they've got decent goaltending and Bobrovsky and then Spencer Knight if they need to go to him. But yeah. the, the adversity they've had hasn't compared to what Washington has gone through even during the season. Yeah. It, it, and so, and plus Washington's got that experience, right? I mean, guys have experience, but not guys that don't have experience in the playoffs. You don't have experience in in getting to the final, getting to the deep rounds, getting in and playing with against teams that, oh, they're coming at us a little different. They've upped their game. Washington's really physical, though, too. Like one thing Florida did all year long was outscore their problems. And we were all wondering, can you do that in the playoffs this year? Can you keep outscoring your problems? Well, so far, yeah, you can, but Washington can score too. Now, speaking of backup goaltenders, we keep talking about this in this episode, but how about Louis Domingue? Yeah. I mean, mean, he's not even expected to play any games. He's got to come in in triple overtime 
and and, and beat the uh, the New York Rangers in game one. Now, the Rangers win game two. They got Shesterkin in net. But how about Louis Domingue's story? So Tristan Jari is going to be their number one, right? He gets right. hurt. And then uh, Casey DeSmith. And Casey DeSmith is done. He's, he's had to have, he's going to have to have surgery. So you're in overtime. Louis Domingue has bounced across the National Hockey League a lot. And he is the first goalie in NHL history to come in in overtime in relief and win the game and come out with a win. First That's quite something. Yeah. So they've got Louis Domingue now, Pittsburgh, and Alex Dorio. I, I don't know who Alex Dorio is. So the, a huge challenge for them. The funny thing with Louis Domingue, though, I don't know if you heard it, when he was asked about uh, what were you doing, you know, he said that he had a great snack between the, uh, between the overtimes. And, and, the, and they asked him, well, what was it? And he went, uh, spicy, spicy pork and broccoli. And then, he went, then he went, not good. Not, not good. <laughs> and then he goes out and does that. And everybody was going, is that what you guys eat? And then I heard Ed Olchek on, on TV. He goes, we should just have a slice of pizza or something like that. But yeah, back in the day, they used to have oranges in the dressing yeah, room. Yeah, that was exactly. It. Yeah. Have these protein shakes and this protein yogurt. Uh, and spicy pork and uh, broccoli. Then he went, not good. <laughs> now that, yeah, reminds, that reminds me of the night of the Thornton trade. Uh, Jim Fahey told me he was on his third hot dog when he got called back inside the <laughs> locker room because he had to play the game. He was upstairs, remember? We saw him jet downstairs with three guys that were there. And, uh, Dallas had the hot dogs in the press box. <laughs> yeah, those were the days. By the way, I, before we get to our featured game of this uh, particular episode, uh, how about all of the ex sharks that are involved in the playoffs? Not not only the guys that are playing, like Joe Thornton, who's on the Florida Panthers, yeah. but you got Dean Evison behind the bench in Minnesota. You've got uh, Mike Sullivan coaching the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, you know, you've got Scott Darryl Nichols, Sutter. who's the director of player personnel for the Nashville Predators. Uh, you got Daryl Sutter behind the bench for Calgary, and you've got uh, uh, Joe Pavelski, of course, playing in Dallas. But you've you've also got Todd McClellan behind the bench and Jay Woodcroft behind the bench too in the LA Edmonton series. Yeah, I've said this before. You should have to leave the San Jose Sharks after working for them for ten years for a season just to see how good you've got it. And the reason that you've got it good in San Jose is not just because of the area or the fans who are wonderful or um, the players or whatever you want to talk about when it comes to California living. It is the people in this organization, the people that we've been through, the people we've had history with, the people that are still there. Uh, Ray Tufts and I talked about it. This, uh, the people in the organization, both past and present, are it's, it's honestly just the best people I've ever met in my life. So um, you're happy for those guys. Doug Wilson always would say that once a shark, always a shark. Well, I was part of the family and you're happy for them. You'd like to be up there with them and competing against them, but you're really happy for them because they good people that have came through the organization. And there's, there's not one that you talk to about the old days where they don't talk about some of the best times of their life was with the San Jose Sharks. They took some good lessons and they're, and they're using them. That's what it's all about. You're listening to the Sharks Playoff Report, and we'll be back with our featured matchup and a perspective on the past next on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. 
He scores! The San Jose Sharks Audio Network is on 24 hours a day. Whether you're in the office or on the go, make sure that you download the Sharks SAP Center app presented by Western Digital and hit listen anytime. You can also find us on your computer by going to sjsharks.com slash listen. If it's a game broadcast, breaking news, or a player feature, the place to find it is right here on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. We continue now with the Sharks Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Time now for our featured game in the playoffs on this episode. And it, of course, is Edmonton versus Los Angeles. The Edmonton Oilers have found a way to outscore any of the problems that they've had. And they've done a really good job against the L.A. Kings so far. Kind of an interesting couple of things. I want to play a couple of clips for you, Drew, and have you react to them. Because, of course, there's all this optimism in Edmonton and expectation. And they think they're going to waltz their way out, too. But listen to Connor McDavid after the recent game in which the L.A. Kings got blown out in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was really, yeah, really important. Um, you know, anytime you can come into someone's building and and uh, and get the jump on them, I think it's it's huge. Um, and we were able to do that. But I thought they had a great first period. Honestly, you know, we did. I don't think we deserved to be up to there. Um, and we made a couple of good plays and and uh, and and kind of held on there in the, in the first. And you know, I thought our game got going there uh, early in the second. This is Connor McDavid after the Edmonton Oilers win by the score of eight to two, and they had scored eleven straight goals against the Los Angeles Kings in the series. And yet he's downplaying it. Well, he, he should have. He was he was absolutely right. That first period, L.A. was way better. L.A. was on top of their game and played really well and had Edmonton on their heels. Outshot them. Uh, it was almost a two-to-one margin. And they they were great in the first period. But, as you said, the Edmonton Oilers can outscore their problems. When you have a guy like Connor, when you have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Ryan McLeod down the middle, you've got four pretty good centers, two of them world-class. How about the reaction from... Uh, head coach Todd McClellan post game. You know what? We can do this really quick tonight. I can summarize it all up for you. We can all go home. Um, we weren't any good. We're really disappointed. We got trapped playing their game. You can ask me about individuals. I'll give you the same answer for all of them. They weren't any good. And we have to regroup tomorrow. Grunny didn't play because he had an injury. Anybody have anything else? Good night. He's right. The first period, they were really good, got out of their game. because they, they didn't deserve to be down to nothing, but the great Clint Eastwood said, and Unforgiven deserves got nothing to do with it. It's the fact that they did get caught playing the game. He summed it up perfectly. So the, the great thing about playoffs is response, right? There's a, there's a parry. The other team gets the advantage. And then there, here's your, how do you respond? The, the key in any good playoff team is how do you respond? That's why Tampa's been so good over the last number of years. After after losses, they've come back and Vasilevsky and Tampa Bay did something nobody's ever done is that that five shutouts after five losses, you know, in a row and in, in their response game. So they they, they got to find a way to respond. I, I thought, boy, Jonathan Quick was so good in game one. So were the Kings and the way they played. And they talked about their structure, 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 structure. But then they got blown out now in two games in a row. They got to get back to that structure. But they are they are the underdog team here. Like Todd's done a great job with this team. They were Dowdy's out. They've got a ton of guys hurt for about two weeks span this season. They played without their top six defensemen and still won games, still made it to the playoffs, but they are, they are the underdog of this series. 
That they are. It's going to be a very interesting series between the Kings and the Edmonton Oilers. And now it's time for Perspectives from the Past. Yes, we are going back in time on the Sharks playoff report. Since San Jose is not in the postseason, we thought we'd bring you some memories of the old days. And how about the very first playoff goal in the history of the San Jose Sharks? Harry, winner of two Stanley Cups, kicks it ahead to Pat Falloon, cuts in back of the net, centers it in front, but nobody there. Now back of the point, Cronin shoots, score! Sean Cronin's shot from the point gets by Bob Essence, so the Sharks are on the board with 7.05 to play in the first period. We almost forgot that Bob Essence actually was the starting goaltender in that series back in 1994, Drew, but uh, obviously the reaction from the coaches and everybody on the Sharks bench had to be fantastic. Crow dog. Yeah, now who would have picked on that team, uh, Sean Cronin, to score the first goal? Well, how about this, too? Here's the winner, the winning goal in that game. Shane poked it loose. Ellick back behind the net. Cuts to the left-wing corner. Feeds it in front. Krupa shoots. Stick save score! (laughs) Vlasti Krupa gets the game-winning goal in that one, and Todd Ellick makes the play. Yeah, those are good memories. Sean Cronin that year for us was so good. He, He big, tough guy. Um, hard-hitting defenseman. Didn't I think he played about 300 games in the National Hockey League. The only goal he scored that year was that goal. Got us on the board. Vlasti Krupa comes back, scores the winner. Um, those were such fun times. That was such a fun team. I, I, that, was, that was a very hard year, though. Hey, you remember. One. What's that? 08 and 1, the start yeah. of the year. Yeah, we start 08 and 1. And I remember, I remember that I think I've told you this this before is that we had the big meeting. Uh, management came in, you know, brand new team, brand new building, or brand new team, new new team as far as the players. We brought up in a lot of a lot of different players. A new beginning, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And we start out oh eight and one. Kevin's the coach, and Kevin uh, he gets questioned on his coaching style and everything else. And and Kevin wouldn't budge. He, he stood, stood his ground and said, this is going to work. This is going to work. And it, it would get to the playoffs and everything else. But the Krayos were, it was such a different animal. But you want to talk about a group of guys that just went, let's go. Let's just, let's just see what we got. And we, we believe that team, you know, talk about a belief system. You hear coaches talk about belief system all the time. This, that team believed they could win. They did. They had so many great leaders. Well, that's what it's all about, and that's what we're going to be talking about as we go through the Stanley Cup playoffs on our Sharks Playoff Report. I'm Dan Rusinowski for Drew Amenda. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. This has been a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.